0: Do you have a hard out or anything that I have to worry about? Nah, we're just on baby watch. If my wife comes down and says, is, is it water broke? Then you get 15 more minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is Dad I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Seldon. If this is your first time joining us, do not forget to subscribe, as well as follow us on Instagram, at DILF Podcast. In celebration of Father's Day, I'm pleased to welcome a father who's made a career out of making parents laugh while shining a light on the things happening in our homes that we often don't even acknowledge to ourselves. He goes by Dude Dad, and he truly epitomizes what this podcast is all about. Accessibility to both dads and moms. Comfortable in his own skin and not scared to be vulnerable or let down his guard. He's a dedicated partner and parent who makes an effort to always put his family first. Truly a dad any parent would want to friend. And with over 150 million views on his videos, as well as his own TV show launching this summer, I'm obviously not the only one who feels this way. (laughs) Taylor, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's just dive right in. I found an article, and in it you quote, "...a very cool and powerful theory." that seems to have guided your success. You can't wait for people to give you permission to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. What I love about that theory is it works for parenting too. Like screw the parenting advice. It's like every kid is so different and every parent is so unique. You have to kind of pave your own path. And there's so few people in the world that believe that you don't have to wait for permission to do whatever the hell you want to do, you know? 100%.
0: Has
1: that come into your parenting mentality as well?
0: For sure. Like, I just wrote this post out the other day, basically talking to our unborn baby that's, you know, due in a week from now from recording this. And at the end of it, I said, I don't want to teach you how to live life. I want to show you. I want to just, like, constantly be pushing myself to be a better person and to be constantly working on being a better parent so that, When they're grown up and they finally get over that hump of like being able to actually look back and reflect on their life and realize what they've learned, that they'll be able to look at my life and learn something from it and not just, you know, be
1: drilling them with lessons I have to beat them over the head with. Just show them. I love that. I absolutely love that. Speaking of your wife's pregnancy, I just watched that first verse third pregnancy video. (laughs) Very real. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And wonderful. Very funny. And I saw on Facebook, it had 18 million views. Is that one of your biggest videos or do you have bigger videos than that? It's one of my bigger videos of this year. (laughs) What's the, what's the biggest view count you've ever had on a video?
0: Uh, it's, it's up for debate. Cause like one of our biggest successes was, uh, Husbands of Target. Yeah, Which, you know, and I did that with three other creators. So we actually had four platforms to push the video out from. What was that one? Was that like 56 million? I think it's at 60 million, but I don't remember for sure. I love that it's so casual. I mean, I think it's at 60 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, back in the day before my page was very big, I would um, license out some of my content to other pages. And there used to be this page called, cafe mom. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And at that time I was making like no money. And so I would license out my videos to them for like 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, I was just like, here you go. I've already posted it. You can post it now. Like it did good on my page. And I had one, if toddlers had bodyguards <laughs> yeah. that they shared, it got like a hundred million views on their
1: channel. It was crazy. It just goes to show like, sometimes you get burnt out and, and bummed by I'm um, not getting the attention that you thought you would get. And it really just has to do with the right people seeing it. You know what I mean? There's so many variables
0: like, and that's, there was a lot of growing pains for me building my channel, you know, and, and honestly, as a parent, this can apply, you know, like you were saying before, like this can apply in a lot of ways where you have some success and then you do it again. And you don't have success, right? And then you get down on yourself, and then you think that you are incapable of ever having that success again. But you keep pushing, and then you get another one, and you're like, "Okay, okay, maybe I am good at this, right?" And then it goes back down again, and you're like, "I'm what? Am, what are we going to do? This maybe we're done. Maybe it's <laughs> over, you know?" And then you're like, "How could I ever think that I'm going to continually have good ideas every single week?" Right. And then boom. Next, next one does even better than the first one. You're like, Oh no, I am good. And then no, Oh no, I'm terrible. You know, like I dealt with that for so long of like just being uncertain, especially like when the videos actually started to make money and be our income, Yeah, the pressure was so much greater because it went from this thing that I was just doing because I liked to do it and because I was passionate about it. And then when it became the job, it was like this scary new thing because like, You'd have a video make money and then the next week you'd put out another video and it would flop and you'd go, okay, we didn't make money this week. Are we going to make money next week? Right. Like what, wh- you know, what if this doesn't work? And you get really in your head and you get scared because now it's not just about like, oh, people don't like me. Now it's like, can I feed my family or is, am I just wasting my time?
1: You know? I completely hear that. That's a lot of pressure. You know, I will say what I love about your videos are that you hear dad," and, you, you know, I, I run from the douchey male stuff. I fought against it my whole life. You know, I feel like it took a long time for, for the world to realize that men don't have to put on that exterior armor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your videos, what I love about them is they're never douchey. Thank you. Like really, they're never mean-spirited. They're always relatable. And even if you're like joking about your wife, right, it's never mean-spirited. It's done in such a beautifully honest and relatable way. And you're not afraid to get teary-eyed and real and even inspirational. And I think that's one of the reasons it it touches people because there's a realness to it that we can relate to, mm-hmm. but there's also levity, yeah. you know? I think watching you sometimes I have a lot of energy and when I've done my deep dive stalking you in prep for this interview I was like this guy has so much more how do you do it how are you a father of two with another plus a wife you seem to have a great relationship with plus a career that's you know booming with all these videos and a new tv show coming out and still find time for you how in the world are you balancing all of this i I cloned
0: myself, <laughs> I'm really close with Bill Gates, and we came up with this new serum. No, honestly, the only way that I got through the first four years was just by loving what I was doing, yeah, and there was actually a point man, here you go, here's one for you, so we were one year into into dude dad, yeah, our following was tiny, we had like. 2,500 followers, but they were loyal followers, and we were getting such good feedback every week. So right around that time, well, I was an apartment manager, so I was living in LA. I was working as an apartment manager, which gave me the free time and the flexibility to be able to make these videos every week, right. right? Because I, I, you know, I would fix somebody's curtain rod or their toilet or whatever, collect their rent, and then the rest of the time was me, right? Well, about a year into it, we got word that they were selling our building. And the new management company basically said, no, we don't want to hire you. We have our own people move out. You don't have a job anymore. And also you need to leave. And at that time, my wife was working for this um, nonprofit for peanuts. Like it was disgusting how little she made. So we took a big look at it and we're like, okay, first I have to start working. And also she decided to quit her job to get A higher paying job at a different nonprofit. So we're moving. I lost my job. I have to start like doing some sort of other work. She gets a new job and then we find out we're pregnant. (laughs) So now we're like pregnant. We've got a one-year-old, we're moving. Everything's changing. I start working set construction, like building sets because it was decent money. And then I'm still trying to like audition through this time And it's just like, it's all stacking up. And there was one night I kind of broke down to Heidi and I was like, I literally can't do all this. There's not, I don't have enough time to do all of this stuff, you know? And I was still making dude dad videos every week. So it was like, well, that doesn't bring us any money. Should I just stop? You know? And without any hesitation, like I didn't even mention quitting dude dad. She just said, you're not quitting dude dad with no hesitation she just like was behind me from the get-go she didn't know where it was leading but she knew it was leading somewhere and she had that foresight and she had that trust in me that it was worth it and so she like you know from the get-go was like no you're gonna keep doing that whatever else you need to quit you quit we'll figure it out but you need to keep doing that and i am so grateful for her I feel like she could have so easily just been like, wow, you got to stop that. We need money, get a job, you know? And that's just not who she is, you know? And um, like money has never been something that we've cared about too much, just as long as we have what we need. And now it's, it's changed our lives because she said, keep doing it. And I kept doing it. We've now got to a point where like, it has changed our lives for the better. And I ended up hiring my two best friends the two like guys that I, you know, connect with the most and care about the most are now working with me. So, you know, it doesn't even feel like work. We're just living life together. And like, sometimes we're working, sometimes we're not. And like, to me, I don't really notice the difference, you know? So that's how I
1: do it all. Like, I just feel very blessed that it all fell into place the way it has. I think that's, incredible. I absolutely love that story. I feel like so many of us take for granted the importance of having a supportive partner. That's not only, I think, the key to co-parenting, but the key to a happy marriage and a happy life, you know, is having that, your strongest support network being your partner, you know? Yeah. And a strong support network in general, just having your friends around and and being able to have people that you trust there. hundred percent. Yeah. So, I want to take it one step further. So you, you hit success. You, you've had your ups and downs, but you finally get to the level that you have been dreaming of professionally in a way that you didn't necessarily expect, right? Yeah. But then, so in, in a recent video, what COVID taught me about fatherhood, you get a little teary-eyed and you mention that you, you're holding your son because your wife is not available that night. And you're putting him to bed and you realize how long it's been since you held your son. And I just, I guess what, what I'm very curious about is, you know, you turn that video into a beautiful message of just being present and enjoying each and every little moment, you know, and, and I agree. I just wrote an article about that. That is one of the most important lessons of COVID, but the thing that you don't address that I think is important is I'm sure that one of the reasons that you haven't, held your son as much is because you're so freaking busy. And I just, do you ever feel like you have to prioritize work over family? You know, like has success taken you away from intimate time with your kids? And if so, how do you, how do you deal with that? You just feel bad about it. (laughs) You just feel bad about it until
0: you act on it and you start scheduling out time. I've had that conversation with Heidi a bunch, as well as DJ and Burke, the two guys that work with me. Family is very important to them. And I kept stressing, we have to keep ourselves in check. You know, like we have to make sure that we are being who we say we are. We have to make sure that we're spending that time with our kids and stuff, because if we're not, then it's just fake, you know, then it's just entertainment. Right. And I think in order to do it well and to stay relatable, I have to be who I say I am and, and be who I want to be. So I take that very seriously and not just for the videos, but because that is who I want to be. But you're right. Like when things start stacking on, it it can be very difficult because like, you know, the more success you have, the more people just want your time. There's only so many pieces of the pie that can go out. You know, it, it helps having a very supportive wife, who understands hundred percent, you know? Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, there's definitely comes down to just like scheduling time and leaving the phone at home and things like that. Midday kids get home from preschool and just being like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing anything else today. I'm just going to go to the park, you know? And you leave your phone at home. I try to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. We do that. We do that on the weekends. I mean, everybody should do it and I need to do it more because it's, it's so, especially when you work from it, it's so easy to get addicted to it. And if you've seen the, the movie, the social dilemma, like it's literally designed to make you addicted to it. Yes. So like, if you're not fighting against that, you will be addicted to it, you know? And that takes you away more sometimes than the work. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, planning trips and stuff too is so helpful just to like get away and get out of your element for a while. And, and you know, in in our line of work, when you essentially, for lack of a better way to say it, I've turned fatherhood into a job, it becomes very difficult. Right. And I do have to make that conscious decision to be like, okay, today's not content. I'm doing something cool with my kids. So like anytime I do something cool with my kids, I'm like, oh, we should film this. This is This is going to be sweet. But I have to make that conscious decision to be like, no, today is not about making content. Today is just about being with them. Right.
1: You know, I love that. That delineating that is difficult, but I think so crucial. I think you articulated that beautifully. It's so much easier when they're babies because
0: they don't know what's going on, you know. And just parenting right. in general is so much different when they're babies. You're literally just keeping them alive. They're like a plant that cries, you know. Like you know, in in order to show them you love them, you just, you hold them and you shush them and all of this stuff. And then they get to be three and five. And now you have all these like emotions and, um, like other ways to connect with them and that they want to connect with you. And like, there's just so many more layers to it that like parenting. Yes. I no longer have to change diapers, but when you get to this stage where they're five, you're like, Diapers were easy. This stuff of like him, like thinking that his <laughs> friends don't like him, and then like calling them stupid buttheads and never wanting to talk to them—like that's an onion that needs a lot more peeling to help him walk through than just like, let me change this shitty diaper quick, you know? It so yeah. just—I know you've got a two and a half year old. Let me just tell you right now it gets harder <laughs> like, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you like think you got it figured out, they change completely. And you're like, right. Oh, um, and then eventually it just happens so fast that you just are always constantly trying to catch up with what's
1: going on. I think that the most important thing it feels like is just staying present mm, 100%. and having that strong support network, you know? So if, if you've done a deep
0: dive on my videos, you'll, you'll see that the first like two years was a lot of me just sitting in front of the camera talking and I always have those like sweet moments at the end. And I eventually started doing less of them because it just felt like I was saying the exact same thing over and over and over again in slightly different ways, which I like now have realized that's okay. I just can't do it every week, you know? So we have one coming out it's either going to come out in the next week or so. We have another one of those sit down videos coming out and it, it's reiterating the moral of the story almost always is just be present in the moment, spend time with them. That's like literally my answer for everything. But I, but I think it's true, you know? Yeah. I think it's so true. Like, I don't think, I don't think we can hear it enough because it's so easy to forget it or to get distracted and get away from it. And then you just need like, little bit of a nudge to go, oh yeah, right, like let let me not stress about this right now because my kids just turned three and five, and I didn't even know when that happened, you know
1: I mean, I will say we've discussed that a lot of the second season, the focus is about mental health, and I think that you've brought up two, in my opinion of the the most important keys to mental health awareness and to keeping your head above water. And that's communication. I mean, for you, interestingly enough, aside the fact that you have a spectacular partner and your two best friends, you know, as, a, as an amazing support network, yeah. I feel like you also are communicating to the camera and to all of your fans, which gives you an opportunity to be heard. Yeah. And I think that so many out there, especially parents, don't take the time to vocalize their frustrations and they just get heavier and heavier and heavier because they're not vocalizing them and articulating them and acknowledging them to anyone, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say like, I have definitely noticed in writing those videos and trying to come up with those videos, I'll have a lot of these aha moments and they always come when something hits me, you know, like holding my son and realizing how big he is and not remembering the last time I held him, things like that where like, you know, like making content about it makes me consciously thinking about that stuff. So that when it happens, it really hits me and I'm like, oh, dang, you know, and anytime something really hits me like that, I'm like, this is worth talking about. Um, and when I, when I first started out, like that was my whole idea behind it is I saw all these mom blogs And there wasn't really anything for dads. And I was like, I want to do something for dads. And I want to say the things that most dads won't say. Yeah, You know, I want to just get it out there because they're all thinking it, you know. Um, We have a a dads only group that we started. And I think it has like over 100,000 members now. And for the most part, it's a really healthy group. And I I noticed pretty early on, like, because we had like just a a regular like um, community group. That was moms and dads, and then just a straight up dad's group. And you could see the difference very quickly, you know. Once you filter out all the inappropriate jokes in the dad's group, there was a lot of men that were just willing to talk about things and get deep because they knew that they they were just amongst their peers. Yeah. When they were with the women, then they felt like they were gonna get judged or whatever and they wouldn't talk. But in the dads only group, you've got so many dads just like opening up but there was this one post I saw that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way or at least like made me kind of like question who we are as men and it was this post it was like a meme or something but it was like you know I think it was like a picture of a car steering wheel late at night and it's like it said something like you know our kids and our wives will never know the um You know, the time that we've spent sitting in the car, gathering ourselves together, pulling ourselves together from all the stress of what we're going through to be the man of the family before we walk into the house. And I was like,
1: why? And that is the problem. Because at the end of the day, that guy who said it should be vocalizing that to his wife and even his kids. Yeah. Because if you do that, all of a sudden you don't have to be this stoic man you could be a human and and it will become that much easier you can still
0: be you can still be your kid's hero without pretending like you've got everything all figured out by by showing them that we don't always have it figured out and showing that vulnerability it gives them permission to also do that and know that we're constantly learning. And like, I think as kids, you know, like I remember as a kid just being like, Oh, they're an adult. Oh, they're a teacher. They, they know better. They know. And then you get older and you're like, that dude doesn't know shit. (laughs) Like, like just because he's just because he's a doctor or just because he's a teacher or whatever, that doesn't mean he has all of the answers. He just has,
1: an answer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like my opinion doesn't matter. Right. And the, the life experience that they have doesn't mean that they're not still human, you know, and capable of error.
0: Yeah.
1: Capable of error. Exactly. And I feel like on the opposite end, so many times as a kid, I feel like I have similar opinions. Sometimes I remember to when I was like a 10 year old and, and I heard my mom have a problem with a friend and I gave advice and she completely disregarded me because I was a kid. And I think about it now. And I'm like, I felt that way then. And seriously, that was good advice. And I was disregarded <laughs> just because I was young, you yeah. know? And I feel like with that mentality, I think we we open it up for everyone to be on an equal playing field. And I think that's important yeah. to actually hear your kids and not dismiss them because they're kids, yeah, you know, because we have to listen, let the adults talk, you know? That's a great lesson. That's a hard
0: one though, because you know, so many times it's like, daddy, can I tell you something? So, so I was, I was at the park with Jack and then, and then the swing and, 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 and he was pushing it. And, and like, I, I found my truck. (laughs) Sweet. Cool, bud. (laughs) Glad you found your truck. You know,
1: (laughs) you have to search through for those gold. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's just it. Like, and that's the biggest thing that, I can tell you as your kid starts to get older in that toddler stage is like, as they start to be more responsive, you just expect them to be responsive all the time. And you don't give them that slack to like continually learn. Right. So especially with the oldest, like I've seen it happen so many times with just like other friends of mine where I just see like how like harsh they are with their oldest son and then I felt myself doing it. And it's because, you know, it's this mentality of like, well, you're older, you should know better. Right. Yeah. yeah I hate when I hear that, uh-huh. you know, because, because it's like, because it's, you're dealing with two, right? So you're dealing with two and like the young one, you're like, yes, you're still pretty stupid. I get it. <laughs> We're going to get you there. Right. But the older one, you're like, no, you know, better. You don't get away with this. Right. Um, But the reality is, is a lot of times we're just forcing them to grow up faster because they're the oldest one and we are too busy dealing with the younger one that we're like, I I can't handle you both being ridiculous. You just need to be responsible so that I can deal with this one. You know, with my son, my son is five and we've realized that he's pretty sensitive about a lot of things, you know, if he has any problems with a friend at school or like somebody not sharing or the big thing is always like, Jack said, I'm not his best friend anymore. And then he's just in tears. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what is with the, what is it with kids and like saying who's their best friend and who's not their best friend? Like just play gosh. So we, you know, like anytime we're like disciplining him and stuff, we have to be, a little more careful because he can kind of get his feelings hurt pretty easily. And like, right now he's really struggling to, uh, with potty training. Like he knows how, like he's most of the way through it, but he just gets so busy all the time and doesn't take the time to just go to the bathroom. So he'll hold it and hold it and hold it. And then he'll wet himself a little bit. And we've been dealing with it for so long. It's so easy to just get mad at him and like shame him. But we've realized over and over again, like, and my wife has to constantly remind me because I'll get like, you know, like tough guy with him right away. And she'll be like, you, you can't shame him. Like if you shame him, it just makes it harder for him. Right. And I can see that in him now. Like when you shame him, he immediately gets withdrawn and he feels like he disappointed you and all this stuff. And it's not helpful. So we're still figuring out the best way to approach that. But it's just a constant like reminder. Our first instinct of what we want to do isn't necessarily the best thing
1: to do. So true. You know, a compliment to you is that so many times we get in our heads as humans, let alone as parents. You know, and um, we're thinking so much about what we have to work on next. I'm always in this struggle, especially during quarantine, where I'm working and I hear my kid, and I'm like, all I want to do is go be with my kid. But then I go and spend time with my son, and I'm thinking about that work project that I have to do, yeah, it's like being present at the moment where you are when you're there, and putting away the phone is amazingly helpful, but i i I love that while you're shooting a video, you can actually get lost in the moment while you're holding your son and think I haven't held him for a long time because you could be thinking about camera angles, yeah. you could be thinking about you know marketing tactics, you could be thinking about the next scene, if you will, but the fact that you're you're willing to get lost in that. I think is one of the keys to positive mental health, letting yourself get lost in it. You know? I like that. In order to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. Yeah. You know, a past guest once said, I can take care of very little when I'm not taking care of myself. And it's that whole oxygen mask thing on the Mm -hmm. plane, right? You have to put those on first. I'm curious to know how does self-care fit into your daily routine or weekly routine, if Um. at all?
0: Lately, it hasn't. But I just I had, you know, an aha moment a week or two ago, DJ and I who've been just like working together like mad for the last eight months or something. We went out and to check out these dirt jumps in town that we've never been to before. And just like being outside together doing something that we both love for the first time in a while was this Oh, man, we haven't done this in a while. This is so refreshing and not only good just for ourselves but also good for our relationship to go do something as friends and not as work partners, you know. Yeah. So we definitely like especially as the third one comes like Heidi and I need to seriously sit down and work out like a schedule so that we each have our time away from the kids to be able to regroup cuz it's 100% important and to just like, you know, recharge your own battery you know? I, yeah. Like I've always said, if I don't have the time
1: to be me, then I don't have much of me to give my kids, you know? I think that's beautiful. You know, one thing that I, I realized as you were talking is something that we often disregard because there is such a, a movement right now with mental health and talking about self-care. And I even get swept away by like, but what are you doing for you? And that could mean taking a moment away from your kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like from listening to you, self-care also is those moments. You're filming a video, but you're getting lost in holding your son. That's mm-hmm. a bit of self-care, isn't it? Because you let your mind go. It's almost a form of meditation. Yeah. You happen to be working while doing it, but there's something beautiful about appreciating that moment with your kid. That is a, a beautiful moment of self-care or taking the time to talk to the camera about feelings. Yeah. I think that sometimes we we think it's this thing that's to be achieved, And it is, everything you're saying is so crucial. We have to schedule out the time to do self-care and to have alone time and to do things for ourselves that bring us joy. But I don't think we should disregard that much of the moments that we spend completely engaged with our family is a version of self-care. And I think we often take that for granted, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, you can feel your kids like getting distant from you at times and that's how i know like like my daughter right now for whatever reason it's just kind of mean to me right now like my wife constantly calls her out on it cuz i'll just sit down and be like hey do you know how you doing she go meh and i'll be like okay well it's great to see you you know um but w- how i try to combat that is one on one time i'm big big on -on one-on-one time because when you get them alone when you get the kid just you and the kid no mom no sibling then they have a hundred percent of your attention so first off they're usually more well behaved because they're not fighting for your attention but b you know they're just getting that that time with you that they so desperately want and and there's so much there's so much easier to deal with when there's one of them that you can like you know, we'll usually, it'll be like a Home Depot run. We'll just like, I'll take them with me to the hardware store. Almost every time I go to Lowe's or Home Depot, I'll just take one kid and they're always jacked because they know that that means they'll probably get a snack, you know? <laughs> but, it'll then we'll, it'll just be like time with them and we'll cruise around and then we might go get a donut or whatever. But that's been really helpful to me. And I, I would suggest to anyone that has multiples, try to plan out just like, An hour time with one of them a week, you know? Even if it's just one a week. If you can do both in the same week, awesome. Otherwise, just like continually hitting that so you can have that solo connection with them rather than just being like this group thing all the time. I love that.
1: I guess in closing, I feel like what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from doing these videos that you would like your kids to kind of uh, own and make a part of their own lives. One of the things that
0: I've learned about making videos that people want to share and that people will relate to is that even though sometimes the video is about my life, the video is not about me. The video is about you, right? Like everything I put out, it shouldn't be like, oh, look at what Taylor did. It should be like, look at what you could do or look at like, here's a meter, this is you. I'm just being you right now. And that's how we get that relatability and that's how we're able to get those shares is because we figured out the content's not about us.
1: We're just a vessel to show you your own life. Right, right. And that is also such an amazing analogy for parenting in just releasing the ego and and knowing that your actions are no longer your own your child is watching everything you do and you have to be an example it's no longer just about you yeah your
0: life affects everyone around you and the more we can realize that and and be selfless in in how we live our life and make sure that we're taking into account how our actions affect everyone around us i mean i don't think there's a a better lesson than that. It's hard because we're selfish creatures, especially when we're toddlers, when they're having this stupid fight where it's like one of them will have a toy and the other one's just bawling. I want the boat. And the other one's like, I'll, I don't know what to do. I I have the boat. So I don't, I can't help you. I have it. So I- Snooze you lose, kid. And they're just like, can, can you please just give your sister the boat? I, I don't know what to do. I can't, I, I have it. So like, oh, they just completely blinded that. And, and I think we can learn that from toddlers to not,
1: not be that guy when you're 34. Don't be that guy. Honestly, I just feel like the type of content you're putting out there is beautiful in that it's vulnerable and honest. And it shows a lot of parents out there that no matter your gender, you can be a vulnerably a uh, real person with your family, and that you don't have to be this stoic man that has all the answers. And I, I, I commend you for that. Thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> How do I say? That? <laughs> uh, no, I love that. I feel like at a certain point, I realized that I don't really fit into a box. And then I started leaning into that more of being a man that loves to work with power tools and do construction. But then also, like, here's what I'm crying about right now.
1: But I think that's good. I'm proud of that. And you should be. Thank you so much for taking the time, Taylor. This was a a wonderful discussion. I think it's going to be very helpful to a lot of parents out there. Thank you, man. This has been a lot of fun. And a big thank you to all of you listening for all you do in your own homes. Happy Father's Day. If you're still here, then there's a good chance that you connected with some aspect of today's episode. So if that is the case, please consider sharing it with those you feel could also benefit. And don't forget to click subscribe, as well as join in on the conversation by finding us on Instagram, at DILF Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. (laughs)